Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Medium Podcast where we dive into the world of communication. A place by students, for students, professors, and professionals to learn from each other's experiences. Before we dive into today's episode, make sure to subscribe to our channel and send us your suggestions for what you want to hear on our next podcast. And my name is Daphne and I'll be your host for today as we will be taking a deep dive into youth career pessimism. For today's episode, we have another writer from the Media Magazine and she's actually recently joined the Media Magazine. Um, and I just want to congratulate her on publishing her first article, which we'll be discussing about today. But yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, hi, I'm really happy to be on the podcast today. I'm Sophia, and I just this year started studying at the University of Amsterdam. And I also just recently uh, joined Medium Magazine. And yeah, as Daphne said, I just released one article that her and I will be talking about today. <laughs> Thank you for being with us. Today. I'm happy to. <laughs> so, um, like I mentioned before, the article you wrote about was youth career pessimism. And so, before we dive a little bit into the topic, I think it'd be nice to start out with maybe your general views on youth career pessimism. And so, maybe including a little bit of the motivations behind why you wrote this article. Okay, so, basically, um, what I noticed often was that I was scrolling and seeing a lot of people, you know, my age, younger than me, a bit older than me that were kind of um, showing online how, um, I don't want to say depressed, but how anxious they were about thinking that their future could look as basic as some futures are, which is just working a nine to five job. I mean, many, many people in the world work that way the rest of their life, just in a company, having a family, living in a suburb, and saying how that made them really, really stressed and depressed to think that their future could look this way. And I kind of was questioning why it is that not only this generation, but especially the youth nowadays kind of feels that pressure to have to succeed, but, but only to have a, a lot of success that's just for themselves, not for like a bigger corporation or something like that. So I kind of looked into a little bit in the article and personally, I also kind of get that that feeling of, of, you know, I really want to make something of myself, make myself known, kind of succeed in the career world. But then other times, you know, you get that feeling of why, you know, there's a lot more to life than that. So you're kind of stuck between those two things, I feel like. I definitely agree with you on that. I feel like our, the youth these days definitely do feel more pressure on having to succeed. Or like, I feel like the criteria of success has definitely risen over the years. Mm -hmm. pay wage in terms of social status but let's also talk a little bit about what you described as the determining factor between the lifestyle in the US and Europe because mm -hmm. something I found really interesting was that you mentioned how work-life balance or the differences in work-life balance in the US and Europe um, was one of the determining factors as of to why there is a higher proportion of youth in the US being so much more pessimistic than in, the, in Europe. Yeah, maybe you could give us a little bit of a description of what you found during your research for writing this article and also maybe share a little bit of your personal experience. I lived in the U.S. for around four years. I was very young, ages three to seven, I believe. Um, and actually, my parents were both working. They had me and my younger sister, who was at the time probably, I'd guess, one. And yeah, so me and my sister, obviously, we had either no school, like a one-year-old has, or, you know, three months of summer vacation, where you either had to pay a, a lot, a lot, a lot of money for daycare, or 
you take vacation, which for my parents wasn't possible because they got two weeks of vacation a year. So they weren't able to take care of us. So I feel like that work-life balance of, you know, being a parent and having kids in the U.S. is completely different. I, um, I mean, even this was in 2008, 2007, and I think now it's very similar. So what I found was that they still have 15 paid vacation days a year if you have five years experience at a company. So if you're just starting out, maybe it's different. I'm not entirely sure about that, but I think that especially from my experience, I could tell that it's a, it's different to have kids or have a business and still want to have that time off to yourself, to vacation, anything you want to do. And in the US, it's a lot less than in Europe where, I mean, I named the example of the UK being 28 days of paid annual leave, but I mean, it's like this in many countries in the EU. Yeah, I'm sure you mentioned this in the article as well, but maybe for, you know, the people listening to this podcast, maybe you can also explain a little bit as of to what kind of an impact this difference in work-life balance actually has on youth career pessimism. Yeah, so how I felt that it was kind of affecting them is that you kind of have this drive to succeed. So I think I mentioned that there was an article that was published called Workism is Making Americans Miserable. So basically that people feel that their career is a direct show kind of of who they are as a person. So if you're successful, if you make a lot of money, that shows who you are and that shows how hard you've worked and what kind of a human being you are. But I feel like when you grow up looking at that kind of culture, you're made to believe, you know, you have to get into the most elite universities, you have to do the greatest internships, make enough money for yourself, but to also have a life alongside. So I think some people who don't want that kind of drive, they might feel anxious or let down by that kind of culture because they they just want a nine to five job and to be able to have some fun on the side. But if, you know, you have all these people telling you that the whole point of life is to make yourself big and make yourself, you know, live up to the American dream, I think it can be quite stressful for young people. The fact that you mentioned the American dream and this whole idea of individualism that is sold in the US, I think... In the article, you mentioned that this was the largest reason why youth pessimism, um, career pessimism is present in the U.S., where it's not as prevalent in Europe. And also talking about the whole pressure of feeling the need to make it big, I actually think what, what I personally think is really interesting is that kind of contrary to what you mentioned, I actually feel like rather than it being a work-life balance causation, I actually think that capitalism's role is actually one of the biggest explanation to why we have such pressure. What do you think is capitalism's role in this pessimism? Um, No, I definitely agree with you. I think that there's an underlying thing. It's not only kind of the outer layer where you have an awful work-life balance or no paid vacation days. I think there's a lot more deeper to it. Like you said, with capitalism, you have kind of people wanting more, wanting kind of to have a show of what they've achieved, have a show of what they can afford, their lifestyle. I think a lot of things nowadays in um, Western culture is putting things on show and having kind of a presentation of everything that you've achieved. And I think that looking up to people who really from the outside look like they have so much can kind of make you think that you have less than that although you're comparing external things to kind of what people have who obviously make a lot more money and are a lot more successful so I think that kind of having that need to prove that you've made it is um, super prevalent yeah. I think it's really interesting because for me you know I grew up pretty much in a in an Asian culture and a very traditionally Asian family and what I've realized is that this whole idea of having a big dream and succeeding 
is definitely something that I feel like is not just culture cultivated. I feel like I feel like it's cultivated by this capitalistic ideology. And something that I've also realized is that in relation to like the work-life balance that you mentioned, what I think was really interesting was that you know in Europe because the EU has given opportunities and chances. And then while in the US, you know, it's very dependent on company culture. So which firm are you working for? Um, what is their culture? What is um, what are their goals? Whereas in Asia, you don't really have a guarantee. <laughs> like if you, for us, you, you'd be working your ass off, maybe even over working hours, and you still get less of a pay wage than people maybe in Europe or the US actually have. And so what... I think is really interesting is that rather than saying that youth career pessimism is something that is cultivated by maybe culture, I actually think it's something that our capitalistic ideology has started to sell. Mm -hmm. It's like this whole idea of having to have a dream in itself, I think is very misleading because all of a sudden it's like, I need to have a dream or else I can't be successful in life. Yeah. And so I, I personally think it's a very interesting topic because I feel like a lot of people out there who don't have a dream or don't have passion um, very easily become very disencouraged or very lost in life where they're just like, okay, so I need to find passion because I don't want to work in a job where I have to work for people and be, you know, as you mentioned in your article, the hamster in the wheel. Yeah, so I think sometimes, you know, you just really have to look at things from a different perspective. And for me, I feel like dreams, it's something great to have, but it's not something you need to have in order to succeed. But let's also talk a little bit about that and your perspective on that. Yeah, I mean, I think that when from a young age, you already have massive goals of what you want to do. Obviously, when you're younger, those can be a little bit more far-fetched, um, say, astronaut or princess, as an example. But I think that that idea that you have like a big dream, a big goal, something that your whole life leads up to is kind of super common for lots of people to have. But like you said, I think that it's actually not something that's necessary to be successful both in your personal life and your career. Uh, I think that honestly, my opinion on it now at this point is that a lot of people in my family, they are just working class nine to five people and they have completely happy lives. You know, they have their vacations where they go see their family, their friends. And I think, like I said, that it really is misleading to think that, okay, to be happy, you need to have achieved something big, something spectacular where people really stop and look. But um, yeah, I mean, I have to say that I disagree with that notion that you have to really parade around your success for people to acknowledge that you are a, you know, successful, happy person. Yeah, moving on from that, I think it's also interesting to take a look a little bit about your personal thoughts on your future. Because I know a lot of people around you or even around us in general, sometimes actually have this stress of having to climb up the corporate ladder and so I actually am interested in thinking about you know you know as someone who wrote about this topic I'm sure you have your personal values that you want to stick to and you're very clear about at least what kind of a future you want and what kind of a, or at least the journey towards which you work towards your future I think you're very clear about what you want and what you don't want and I think um, it'd be interesting to shed a little bit of light into that yeah, exactly. So, I mean, although I say, you know, um, a nine to five job, I know a lot of people who are completely happy, live lives that 
I really look up to. Um, I think that you can still say to yourself, I still don't want an office job. That's different to saying, you know, I don't want to have a boring nine to five life that's completely different because me as a person as well, I think that I wouldn't thrive in a kind of repetitive environment, but that's different to saying, you know, if you have a nine to five job, you're just stuck in the corporate, you know, hamster wheel of things. But yeah, personally, I also think that I would thrive rather in a different environment than a nine to five office job. But that doesn't mean that I value that as, you know, having a less interesting life or anything. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, And I actually think that relates a lot to um, something that I also want to discuss, which is possible solutions for the stress that comes from pressure to succeed. You know, what can we do as an individual to not let this societal definition of success define who we are as individuals? Um, yeah, well, I think for me personally, I think that sometimes, I mean, I'm a student. I don't, you know, I'm not in the corporate career ladder yet. But um, I feel like sometimes if you're, you're thinking too much, you know, about all the things that you have to do while you're a student, you know, to when you graduate, have already this set up network of people and already be one step in front of all your peers. I think that sometimes it's easier for me personally to take a step back and value myself as a person rather than someone, you know, all my career accomplishments per se. I think sometimes it's important to remember who you are for yourself, who you are at the core, rather than who you are, you know, in an internship, in the workplace, in your studies. And I think that I always have to remind myself of those things when I get stressed about, you know, um, oh, this person has a, a, one more internship than I have had, or this person, you know, has a better grade than I have. So I think it's important to take it back to just from a more realistic perspective than just everyone is one step ahead of me. I really like the fact that you mentioned having to remind yourself because I feel like a lot of times it's very um, easy for people to use the realistic aspect of things as an excuse for them to be pessimistic. But oftentimes, actually, a lot of things you just have to believe in it and you just have to keep reminding yourself of what you actually want. Mm-hmm. Reality isn't always nice. I agree with that. It's, it's not nice. <laughs> but um, if you're using it as an excuse to be negative instead of trying to change your perspective, then you can't really blame anyone else for like the miserable state that you are in. Because like a lot of people actually take the time, take the effort, to actually take a step back and reevaluate things. And I feel like even just doing that takes a lot of courage. First of all, you need the courage to face reality. Facing reality in the sense that, okay, yeah, I'm not as good as others. I don't have as much experience as others. I am not in a you know, higher social status than others, but I am who I am. I feel like it takes a lot of courage to actually face that. And it takes a lot of time to actually digest it and accept that that is part of who you are and your identity. So something that I personally experienced was that I felt like a lot of, like a lot of times I felt very triggered. <laughs> like I, I understand where they're coming from, but a lot of times I felt really triggered when people around me are just like, yeah, well, um, you know, this and this happened. And so I can't help but feel this way. But something that <laughs> I like, so then for me, like, because I had to go through that process of pain and actually like accepting that just part of who I am, I'm like, that's not really an excuse for you to act this way or for you to lash out that negativity on others. Because, you know, 
when you're negative, it doesn't only just affect you, it affects the people around you as well. Yeah, but a couple of solutions that I also actually really want to mention is that um, obviously, you know, don't let society define what dreams are for you and what they mean to you. And also don't let society define success for you. And when it comes to this, I know it sounds very cliche. I know a lot of people have said this already. Um, you know, like, you know, whenever you want to encourage someone, that's kind of like yeah, what... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> live it out. Um, and honestly, the only advice I can give is that you just have to believe it yourself. Because you're not going to live in a world where people around you are just going to um, validate you 24-7. It's impossible. Like, you have to be able to say this from the bottom of your heart even when the world is standing against you. And that is something, I, I want to say that it's not something that you have to have at this point of time in your life, but it is something that we should all work towards too. And I feel like we're never going to get to the point where we're so certain in ourselves, but I feel like it is something that we can learn. And like each time you learn to do it, I feel like it kind of like that experience kind of piles up and it and up and it ends up becoming easier and easier to think that way in a more positive light. So I, I think that's like one thing that I've personally learned and personally experienced as well. And in terms of that, I feel like it's also important to understand that job and income shouldn't be a direct representation of who you are as a person. I know it's easier said than done because oftentimes in society you know, that's not the kind of connotation or like that's not the kind of impression that we're given. Um, a lot of times when you meet people, the first things you ask are probably, oh, so what do you do? <laughs> I get that. But like I said, it is something that you have to believe yourself. Like getting to know yourself as a person, acknowledging that you're just not the best, I think is the best starting point. Um, last but not least, I think the last point I really wanted to mention was that you know, it's okay to see and acknowledge the negative sides, but it's not okay to become cynical because of reality. I feel like it's very easy for us to mm, become very cynical. And so we're just like, oh, it's or like me putting in more effort is going to change anything anyway, so why try? I think that that kind of mindset is very easily cultivated. Um, but I, I feel like there's this like very fine line between accepting reality and acknowledging it and becoming cynical about reality. Because I feel like when you acknowledge the negative sides, you kind of are able to see what you can do. Because like, okay, right now I've acknowledged that that is reality and not going to be able to change it. But I can change, I, I can do something, you know, to counter that. But I feel like when you're cynical, you kind of have this mindset of why do anything when I can't change anything anyways. But what do you think about that? I yeah, know I definitely agree. I also really liked what you said earlier about validation. I think that a lot of the time you're kind of seeking for people to tell you like you're doing good. You've got an internship, you've got this position, you, you know, you're on the right path, you're doing the right thing, you're slowly, you know, climbing to success. I think that validation kind of comes from within with those things. I think you kind of have to tell yourself, okay, what, what makes me happy here? Is this even something that I really want to do? Or is it just something I think is going to boost my CV? I think that you're right that obviously we live in a world where a lot of who we are is defined by you know where we work what we do um, how far we've made it our grades but I think that as long as you kind of focus what you want to do on kind of what what gives you joy what makes you happy and you validate that 
within yourself rather than seeking for other people to tell you this was the right thing to do you know this was good of you good job this is a step in the right direction i think that you have to kind of have that compass within yourself you know just saying that you know all 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 the possible solutions that i think we've stated so far might seem kind of abstract and so i'd like to kind of share like a personal experience i did the ib and i struggled a lot with my grades and i remember working really really hard for each and every subject each and every exam and not getting the results that i wanted and i'd be seeing people around me who maybe didn't even study as much and still doing so much better than i did and i mean by like um grades by two or three points higher than i and at that point i was really just thinking well first of all am i not working hard enough or am i just like incapable and what really comforted me was when i started to learn the knowledge that i am just not an academic person and when i acknowledged that i wasn't an academic person i felt like my grades didn't really define me anymore because it was like me not being an academic person is just part of me it's just part of my capability but i have so much more other things that i can do and it's so easy to become very sad about what you can't do but when you acknowledge that you know you're just you're just not perfect you know that that's just one aspect of not per- not being perfect of you i think it becomes very more comforting because it's you don't make that association between the greatness of your grade and the smartness of yourself i think another great example would be you know how the whole idea of beauty standard very realistically speaking you know and it it lies in human nature to immediately assess oh you know who's attractive and who's not as attractive but in and you know in asia you know it's very common for especially older people or like relatives to make very straightforward comments about our outer appearance and so growing up i kept hearing things like oh um you know you're not as pretty as this other person and something that i think i had to do was to understand that yes physically speaking i may not be most attractive but that's just who i am and i'm comfortable with who i am and that at the end of the day that's what matters yeah i really hope that people i know all of this seems sounds really abstract but is there something that you know anyone who's listening can take away from it i think it'd be really great but before we round this episode off is there anything you want to add in relation to what we've said today yeah i think you're right actually about having those standards set up for us i mean we were ta- we've been talking about you know in career and education and all of that until now but i really like that you added in the kind of beauty standards as well because i can actually really relate to you my grandmother and great grandmother i'd say i think my mom kind of swayed away from that but i remember i visited them in spain every summer and by the day so it wasn't even like each summer it was different it was every day oh you've gained some weight now you've lost some weight you look too skinny eat something it was really day to day somehow i'd drastically changed my weight my appearance and i think that um in spain it's a lot about kind of not looking beautiful but i think looking well put together you want people to see you as well put together um and yeah i think that i can really relate to you know feeling like uh, you know you have to fit a certain standard of weight of of how you look of you know how good your your hair is your skin is and everything so i think that um that's another thing where the same with career you kind of have to take a step back and say okay 
I value myself for this, 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 and this thing that has nothing to do with my, my, you know, appearance or my academic skills and distance yourself a little bit from that idea that, you know, how you look, or like we've been saying for the rest of the um, podcast, how you, you know, what you achieve is a direct reflection of who you are, I think. Yeah, I, and I also feel like, you know, when you're able to acknowledge that according to people's standards, you're just not what they define as great or successful. When you're able to acknowledge that, you find it a lot easier to validate yourself. Because then whatever people say doesn't really matter to you already. Because you're just like, okay, that's what they say. And according to that standards, yes, I am not there. But those standards don't apply to me and how I want to live my life. And I feel like that's ultimately the defining factor is how to, I feel like, think about life when you're in situations where things just don't look nice. Um, When you're in in an environment where things just seem so negative or the people around you just seem so negative, I feel like ultimately you're going to be your own anchor. Yeah, definitely. But thank you for being here with us today. I th- yeah, I, th- I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Uh, <laughs> really, really thought this was a really, really interesting um, topic, especially since it's so relevant for a lot of youths out there. Also, maybe go check out Sophia's article on Media Magazine. <laughs> and thank you to everyone who tuned in to this week's episode. And before we say goodbye, if you can't get enough of Communication Talks, please subscribe to our podcast and stay notified. I am your host, Daphne, and until then, stay safe.